You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glasser coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break it is sincerely appreciated Almost, almost indeed, they almost pulled off the big one without Alex Caruso, without Anthony Davis, without Marcus Gasol, and also without LeBron James himself. The Lakers, very shorthanded going up into Sacramento, almost pulled off the impossible and almost cost Luke Walton his job, essentially. But we'll see what happens if he's not fired anyways. But they couldn't get the shots to fall in that last minute just oh almost tantalizingly close balls uh, just layup after layup after layup gimme after gimme bunny after bunny in that last minute just falling just short the lakers were not able to go ahead and execute uh, just missed a couple of easy stuff putbacks things of that nature and then schroeder not getting a bounce on the rim in the last minute as well the Lakers fall just short, 123 to 120. But you know what? Great game by Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and Dennis Schroeder. You couldn't ask for anything better from those three. 25 points and 12 rebounds for Kuz. Dennis Schroeder, 28 points and nine assists. Montrez Harrell, 26 points and 13 rebounds. All shot above 50% or above from the field. Excellent performances from each. They've got nice contributions from THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, and also Alfonso McKinney, among others. Like I said, a very spirited performance. They didn't roll over at all. In fact, they had a large lead at the first quarter. They were up by as many as 14 at one point. Very encouraged by it. It's one of those things that, yes, they did end up losing, but you got to admire the spirit that this team has going into the All-Star break. And here today to talk about the game, a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Like I said, I can't be too mad when you're four players short. It's really not that hard to figure out, but I've got to be, and if I'm in Sacramento, I've got to be a little bit more concerned because if you're barely squeaking this out against that short of a Lakers team, you've got some serious issues. Well, I have made the playoffs more than for a longer period of time than any team in the NBA. So it's, you know, it was actually not a, it was actually a fun game to watch. 
a lot of defensive lapses. The easy comparison at the end of the game was the last three shots that the Kings got were very easy gimmies, and the last three shots that the Lakers got uh, were pretty tough shots to make. <sighs> this You could also look at this as the uh, Buddy Heel trade preview because Buddy Heald is exactly what the Lakers need, to be honest. They right need a him. volume three-point shooter. He hit seven of 11 from deep. Um, what's the difference in the game? He erased the 14-point lead himself, um, and that's what the Lakers don't have, really. They don't have a guy who can come in and all of a sudden score 10, 12 points in a row real quickly, especially with a three-point shot. We did well at the three-point shot. We shot over over forty percent, which was good, um, and we held uh, we held our own with the the totals. Each team made the same number of threes. Uh, rebounds were pretty close. It, it was a close game all the way, basically. I'm just glad we got out of it with nobody else getting injured. Now we got uh, nine days off to see what happens, see what kind of deals can be made. Um, everybody is now eligible to be traded, including KCP. And I, you know, I tell you the weirdest thing about this game was Kenny didn't miss a shot, but, but he, and he started off really hot and he basically didn't shoot. You know, it's just, I don't understand what's going on with his mind because when you're a, when you're a shooter, you basically want to shoot the ball and, and, uh, and he was, you know, and if you start off the game red hot, you know, you'd think that you would, you think that your teammates would get you the ball and, and make some plays. Um, I love the, I love shooters play. Uh, he got some great passes to Harold. Harold played a spirited game. It was actually, you know, it would have been a tie game if we hadn't been cheated out of that, that three point shot, uh, that he had with his foot on the line, but you know, Hey, it's an entertaining game. We didn't have anybody injured. We go into the all-star break. Now it was good to see the jazz also lose. Joel Embiid hit a three-pointer uh, to tie the game and send it in overtime. There's still games uh, tomorrow, and then there's games starting on the 11th. So we we finish the se- we finish the first half of the season a day early. We start the second half of the season a day late, which gives us a nine days off compared to the seven days off that the the Kings will have. So you know it's it's just one of those things. You know when you play those close games, the bounce of the ball will always determine in the end who wins. And uh, we had, you know, there were several shots down there at the end that if if they'd gone in, uh, we could have easily ended up winning this game, but we didn't. Um, All we needed was those two at the end. There was one by Schroeder, I think about 40 seconds left, that easy layup and just couldn't get it done. And hey, thank you, Kevin, for the nice thumbs up. We truly appreciate it. And again, that just missed that first one. And then the second one, obviously, with just a few seconds left, uh, Schroeder misses again, just a bunny that just falls short. And then the putbacks by, I think, Harold and Kuzma. Uh, Harold, Harold, yeah. Harold was misreading. That was a one footer. He shot that one way too fast. Yeah. He didn't but that, have you know, but that's his shot. His shot is to throw it up there quick. Yeah. Um, I tell you, between, between Harold and the Holmes, both of them fire these little shots from the waist almost, you know, that they, well, they're they very similar. Put them up there. They're very similar. They're a very similar player. I think Harold has a little bit more of a range as right. far as a, a 15 footer is concerned, but still they're very similar in the way they play. Well, you know, uh, I like, wanted, I remember when Holmes was coming out of college and he was one of the players at the Lakers at one point in time were really high on. 
And the reason they were high on him is because he had uh, had really displayed a great ability to shoot the three. Yeah. He hasn't done that at all in the pros, surprisingly, um, because he had he'd had a great workout and had been buried a whole bunch of threes in a in a couple of matchups that he had. And the Lakers were talking about him as a stretch five. We never got a chance to draft him. He ended up. I don't. I don't even know if he went to Sacramento first. I think he was signed by Sacramento, went somewhere yeah. else first. But uh, it's funny that he's got that quick little shot, which just surprises everybody. You know, and it reminds me a lot of Harold's little quick little push shot. But you know, some good signs tonight, and we'll see what happens. Um, it's uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if we have the same team when we come back on the twelfth. It'll be interesting to see what happens here in the, over the next few days. Obviously, we'll be back to talk about it. I also have an interview scheduled and lined up with the man himself, part of the Locked On team, the Locked On podcast team. It is Rafael Barlow. I have, a, I have a good conversation with him coming up here in the next couple of days, so I'm looking forward to that. But also Laker Tom, well, hopefully we'll get the Lakerholics crew back together at least one, if not twice more, during the break to go ahead and give uh, detailed thoughts on grades for the first half and also as well, what to look forward to in the second half for the team. So we'll we'll be bringing you that, but yes, again, very spirited performance today. I mean, this is the kind of attitude that you want to see the kind of efficiency you want to see from those three players, Kuzma, Schroeder and Harrell. It was nice to see what you could get out of McKinney and THT McKinney, who you probably won't see much of again unless a situation like this happens again. But it's, it's nice to see him still show the NBA out there, even if he doesn't stay with the Lakers, that he can still play at an NBA level. You know, I'm sure for the players in a certain sense, you know, I, I wrote that I thought this was going to be a G League type of game, and it was. Lineups, you know, the, the, the Kings had a few players missing too. So you had a situation where there were a lot of players who were playing with guys that they weren't used to playing, especially on the Lakers side. We saw a lot of just defensive miscommunications where two guys would go with one guy and leave somebody wide open underneath the basket um, or wide open for a three. And, you know, it always frustrates you. Like, for example, when he, when Buddy got hot, you, you simply would think that the coach would say, you stay with Buddy and you stay with Buddy regardless of where he goes. You don't help out on him. You just stay with him and, well, he's not hitting – he's below 40% on the season as far as overall. True, but he's a streak shooter, man. Everybody knows he's a streak shooter. And when he started, he you know, he hit like 10 shots in a row. I know when he hit today. I'm just saying you play the odds and statistics, and he's been struggling. Yeah, you don't play the, the odds season. statistics when he makes six or seven in a row there. Well, again, it comes down to guarding the three. This is something that the Lakers, even though statistically you say they've done well, I say that, like you said – like I've said – that they well, do statistically, not statistically they are among the better teams in and, and in, again they, they in the percentages the number of ta- makes and takes and percentages there they used to be at least three or four games ago in the top five in all three categories well right now again it's who you give it up to and like you said right. today they shouldn't have given up to to healed because he was the hot man right there so it's something that i guess has to attribute to coaching and just basically keep that ball out of heels hands, which you can do, yeah. you know, you can, you, I mean, they did such a wonderful job guarding and double teaming and, and aligning a defense the other day when it comes to Stephen Curry 
I mean, you can arrange that on the fly and get these players' mindsets well, right. It's a lot as easier as to do it when you when you've got most of your regular starting lineup there, other yeah, than AD. That's true. That's you know, true. It, it's it's the it's but the it's, energy should be there with these yeah, guys. But, have, but playing great defense, playing the type of trapping, uh, hedging team defense and rotating team defense that the Lakers play is a lot like playing offense in that that it it's it's a synchronized effort by everybody's part. And and everybody has to be reading the same thing of where that next pass is going to go, who's the next open man, what's the next option that the other team has, and when you have a bunch of guys that haven't played much together, it's really difficult to do that. No. That's why you saw the kinds of mistakes that we saw tonight. But you know, hopefully we'll come out in the second half, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to both having a session when we talk about the grades as well as a session when we talk about uh, what to expect from the Lakers in the second half. What adjustments are they going to make? Will Frank Vogel make some changes in the starting lineup? That's going to be an interesting situation. And obviously the logical person to talk about in that case is Kenny, whether or not he, he really should continue to start. Um, we know he's played well off of the bench in the past, um, but he's obviously not He's obviously not mentally 100% or at this point in time. He was limping around there. He may have pulled something too. So let's get everybody healthy. Well, Frank will get a chance. The, the players will get some time off for the all-star break. And I also think that they'll get some practices in. And we haven't had much opportunity in this, in this sort of shortened, compressing season to really have many practices. And it's something that that you really especially need when – when you have players out of the lineup like AD does, and you have to make those adjustments, AD and LeBron gone today, and then you also Gasol and and Caruso. So it was interesting to see. I thought one of the highlights of the game was uh, was a steal by uh, Dudley out there at half court. That was uh, I know I saw it. I'm sure you did. Yes, I thought I know. you when I saw it. Yeah, and I said the same exact words that to my daughter that I'm going to say now. Yes, Laker Tom is going to let me know that. His one good play in two games. There you go. One good play in two games. You know, yep. He also pulled the chair. He pulled the chair on Sarek a couple of times. Made some good defensive plays. Yeah, before Sarek destroyed him. Let's not go back to that. Let's not go back to that day. Let's not go back to yesterday. You know, I still, I still don't understand the whole idea that if you're going small, and you have a small ball. If the other team is going small, and you have a small ball center in Trez Harrell, why is he sitting on the bench? Yeah, he, uh, him and also Jones. Twitter was in an uproar about but Jones. You can understand not. because Jones, you know, you, I know, but it just you, know, you, you know, pull him away from the basket and it's difficult. It's, but the Harrell, Laker, it's the Laker Twitter mentality. I mean, they see this ten-day kid. He blocks a shot, and everybody's in love with him. And then you know, well, it goes from they there. All, they all think that he's the second coming of Javale McGee yeah, and Dwight and, Howard. Well, they they had and him line up. Probably with will the be. He'll probably go the same way that Dwight I, Howard and Javale McGee did. And I, I don't want to see any more memes or pictures of, of Jones next to all the great centers of the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> history there. That was just awful. But the Lakers Twitters are out there. It's just so focused on these things sometimes. Harold not playing in the second half. It's, was their, whole, it's their whole feeling that, that yeah. it was a big mistake that we let Howard and McGee go. Well, no, I well mean, so it was a big mistake not playing Harold in the second half. That was a yes. big uh, deal to me. But Kuzma, Kuzma you could tell with his heel contusion, that heel contusion can actually must've healed up. Pardon the pun. 
healed up really fast doing 25 and 12 the next day. I think it was something funky where they knew well in advance they were going to sit down LeBron. And they said, Kuzma, you sit out here and you go ahead and you be available for Sacramento. I don't like that. I say put all your guns forward against Phoenix and then go ahead, sit Kuzma out the next game, sit Caruso out, sit as many as you want out against Sacramento. I really think they should have well, put their guns yeah, forward I mean, against hey, Phoenix. Hey, listen, we sacrificed this game right from the right from the get-go. It was obvious that we were not, you know, we, we figured we still had a chance to win no, no matter who we played, which doesn't say a whole lot for the, for the players on the uh, Kings. That's correct. Well, that says a lot about what's going on with that organization, but need I digress? This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. They barely squeak out a win over the Los Angeles Lakers, 123-120. to 120. Again, a very spirited performance. I love the energy. The energy was terrific mm-hmm. tonight, showed by the Lakers. You couldn't ask for more efficiency from Kuzma, Schroeder, and Harrell. You wish they could play this well all the time. I'm sure, I wish I'm they, sure they wish they got that many shots all the time, Yeah, that's too. true. That is true. Yeah, not, a, not I don't think any one of them sees 20 shots a game with, those, with LeBron and, and AD true. there. That, that's for sure, but... Again, just love the energy. You love the performance. I lo- I also enjoy the fact, and I know Jamie would have issues with this, but Markeith Morris running the offense at times. I thought that was kind of nifty. I don't know if you caught that, but it was kind of nifty how he was running off uh, the offense at times. I thought it was kind of very interesting to see. The other thing that that still sort of was nice to see is the offense didn't stagnate. Yeah, you know, um, there was a lot of two man game, but rather there was than with just, THT. There was a lot of isolation with THT. There was a lot of isolation with THT, but he got into the paint a lot. And 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 and, and as uh, as uh, the announcers were saying, the big thing with him is if he keeps his head up and and doesn't get out of control, that he can really wreak havoc underneath there. He had a good stretch in the game and so forth. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with THT. I think that in in many ways. If we end up making a trade, I think that Talon could be our version of the of a lottery pick that we trade to somebody. Twenty years old, no matter how quickly he develops and so forth, it's still probably going to be two or three years before he's a really big impact player on the team. I'd like it to be faster, but then also I look at the fact that he still has, even though he continues to shoot. 82, 83% from the free throw line. He still is not shooting more than 30% from three. And most of the threes that he's taking 
because of the nature of his game are those step back threes, which are a much, much lower percentage shot than a catch and shoot three. And I, I go back to the same thing that, you know, trade Buddy Heald for one of the guards that the Lakers have, and the Lakers are a much better team. They may not be a better team defensively for sure, but offensively, they're definitely going to be a better team and there's going to be more spacing. It's going to be harder for teams to clog the paint and, and clog the middle and pack the paint against the Lakers. And there'll be more opportunities for both Anthony Davis and LeBron James to attack the rim. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see yeah. what happens with Rob Palenka and what Rob can yeah. pull off. We'll see. We'll see if any magical things can be made as far as from this roster and changes. We'll see if uh, Jones is going to be able to, Damian Jones is going to be actually staying for another 10-day contract or not. We'll see how it comes out on the other end. But for all your Lakers action and all your Lakers news, please check out Lakerholics.com. Obviously, there's going to be some great stuff that's put up there by Sean Grice. Uh, there's also going to be some great, five great things, actually, from Admiral Akbar himself, who called this trap game, and that would be Jamie Sweet himself. You'll hear a lot of great comments from L. Rob, and of course, you'll see the latest episodes of the Lakers Fast Break. But before we're heading out, you do a great column there and also your medium.com site. So what's going on with you at Lakerholics.com? Well, I just did the uh, proposed trade basically for a guy that I've coveted for the Lakers for a long time, which is Miles Turner. I did an analysis of, uh, of how uh, Sabonis and Turner have played together. And, and it's basically been an experiment where you've got two 6'11", 240, 50-pound guys, which are basically centers, stretch centers, but still basically low post centers. And you're trying to play both of them at the same time, and it hasn't worked out well for. I think he's seven one. I no, think six, they're seven. both six eleven. What does Sabonis is six ten? Sabonis, seven, well, according to ESPN, Sabonis is listed at six eleven, and so is uh, so is Miles. Okay. But they're both one of them. Uh, Sabonis, they're tall. How about this? Pounds. They're both tall. They're both tall. Yeah. Basically, well, then the big thing is not that they're tall. Neither one of them is. Uh, both of them are 240 pounds plus. So you're, you're talking about big guys. And that hasn't worked playing the two of them together. Uh, every single month from they started off really well in, in December to the first five games in January. Then all of a sudden they started going negative as far as their net rating on the floor together and the team's defensive rating, net rating. And then in January it got worse. And in February it got really bad. And they started off March. Uh, they won tonight. But the first game in March, they were like a minus 37 points on the net rating. So I think it's almost inevitable that that they're going to have to trade Turner. I know the Celtics have been interested in him in the past. The Lakers would have an interest, obviously, with him. The Nets, I don't think, have the assets to get him at this point in time. But uh, I proposed a trade basically where we would give them Kuzma, Harrell, and uh, THT. And I think that that's a, that trade came out as, as far as the trade machine goes as a three-win gain for the Pacers. I think it's a good trade. I think Kuzma could move right into the starting shooting, starting power forward spot alongside of uh, Sabonis at center. Harrell would be terrific as a backup center. They don't really have any strength after that. And, uh, and THT basically is the wild card in the deal because he could be the equivalent of a lottery pick for them in a the draft. 
20 years old and he has just great potential. So that's the kind of trade that I think it's not a trade for a superstar, but when you look at the impact that Miles Turner could have on the Lakers, both offensively and defensively, it would be a superstar impact for the Lakers. So that's the kind of deal that I think the Lakers have to look to be making, something that would both plug up the problems that they have in rim protection um, and the size issues that they have, at the same time improve their three-point shooting. You give up Harrell, who basically is somebody that they're probably going to still have a hard time to hard time to re-sign. He's not a three-point shooter. He doesn't stretch the floor. Um, and he is a center, so you get a trade of center for center. Uh, you give up Kuzma, who I hate to give up because, but at the same time, he's he's really he really should be a starter somewhere, and he'll have a chance to start if he was traded. And you give up Horton Tucker, who basically hasn't shown that yet he can be a volume three-point shooter at this point in time. And I think it's more a question of fit on this team. We need we need rim protection and we need a we need more volume three-point shooting. I think that's one of the options that we look at is is for a trade. I don't I, I find it hard to find anybody else out on the market, let's say in the $18 million range, which is what's the three and a half years left on Miles contract. I don't see anybody else who can fit all of the needs that the Lakers have at the center position, complement Anthony Davis and open up space for LeBron James, who's affordable and attainable. And there's not many centers that I think would fit that mold. We're not going to be able to go out and and get capped. We're not going to be able to go out and get Embiid or get Jokic. So you have to basically figure out what what how can you fix that problem that you've got at the center position. And then not only fix it in the short term, but fix it in the long term, because you're talking about a guy who's still only 24 years old in Turner and would be the perfect mate to run the back, run the front court with Anthony Davis when LeBron James is gone. So anyway, that article is out and uh, got a lot of reaction from I got a lot of reaction from people on that one and uh, working on basically uh mid-season grades report card for the Lakers players and the coaching staff in the front office. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll sort of time that together when we do the podcast. We'll see what happens indeed. But it is Laker Tom. You got to go ahead and check out his awesome column right there at Lakerholics.com. And then of course, medium.com as well. You can reach out to him, not at crazy Laker Tom. No, it's just at Laker Tom right there for you. Laker Tom even though he has those crazy trades. There you go. What else do you want to give up? A partridge in the pear tree next time? There you go. Kidding, kidding, of course. But I understand that for Miles Turner, the bargaining and the negotiations will be have to be steep because, a lot, like you said, a lot of teams are looking at hey, he him. He leads the league in shot blocks two years yep. in a row now. Yep, and the fact that he can hit you a three-pointer, and that just makes a lot of – tantalizing offers available for the Indiana Pacers should they decide to go ahead and finally break up those two between him and Sabonis. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens for the Lakers over the course of the all-star break, but unfortunately skidding into the all-star break with two straight losses now down to fourth place in the Western conference, but we'll see what happens with the Clippers. But again, they lose 123 to 120, very spirited, very energetic today. Almost got it out, just a couple bunnies that could have gone in and a whole thing could have changed around for the Lakers going in. But 
Unfortunately, going into the All-Star break, they lose 123 to 120. But we will be back. Like I said, we've not only got one, but two great podcasts coming up during the break with the Lakerhawks.com crew. Plus, I've also got, again, a big hearty congratulations to our good friend Rafael Barlow, who got a nice spot with the Locked On podcast crew. Check out his Locked On Mavs draft and also his episodes on Locked On draft. So you want to go ahead and check him out. Also Dash Radio and everything that he does, of course, for the NBA Draft Junkies. Just so happy for him that he's moving up in the world and doing so many great things because he works so hard and he's traveled all over to bring you the greatest knowledge in the world about the upcoming draft picks that are out there. So please go ahead and check him out on his stuff. And you can also check him out, hopefully, in the next couple of days right here at the Lakers Fast Break as well. But before we head on out, Tom, any last thoughts on tonight's game before we head on out? Nope, just glad nobody got injured. Let's yeah, hope well, everybody gets well. Yeah, KCP is ready to go in the second half. KCP was shaky, you know, with his ankle look like he got got turned there. But I think it'll probably be all right. Harrow's got his face again in the way of a play. Speaking of face the play, before we end on out, this one thing bothers me and bothered my daughter as well. How there was a play where I think was I think it was Joseph Corey Joseph, who was actually going to go and leap and try and block a Kuzma shot because Kuzma's coming down the lane for a slam dunk. Over Trez's leg. He tripped over Trez's leg. And Trez and was going banged in the Kuzma while he was in the air. Face first, banged right. in the like he said, like he said, and Harold got called for the foul on the other. Uh, you know, I mean, I was it's just like the last game. I don't know what constitutes a flagrant foul in today's NBA because it's crazy, you know. I well, mean, no, it turned it turned free throws into yeah. A, yeah. an offensive foul on Harold. Yeah, just and I didn't. I clumsy. didn't see any. I didn't see any push from Harold. No, uh, the guy was clumsy. He tripped he over tripped the guy. He foot. tripped over Harold and then banged into into the legs of face two. first. Yeah. yeah, and they called it on Harold. But know, then again, like the same thing happened in yesterday's game. I mean, yeah. for example, I think was it was a Booker who reached out and grabbed. Because he was angry because he thought he was fouled. He actually grabbed KCP's leg. And that could have really caused a bad injury. They ended up not calling that a flagrant. KCP tries to block a shot and accidentally hits a guy. I mean, tonight, Harold gets elbowed in the face, and they don't call that as a foul. You know, the last couple of games have been, kind of I would say, refereed, refereed about the same level as the players that were playing the game last day. Uh, you know what? Unfortunately, that is the area where we had the last time there was a very shaky refereeing job between Sacramento and the Lakers 20 years ago, if you remember. Yeah, with somebody right. was Tim Donaghy on the take there. So, huh, could history be repeating itself? No, I'm just kidding, of course, yeah. but still. At least we didn't have 10 reviews like we did last night. Yeah. <laughs> that just destroys the whole rhythm of the game. Yeah, that third quarter was a mess yesterday. But yeah. Still, the Lakers, again, a very spirited performance, but lose 123 to 120. We'll be back over the course of the All-Star break to bring you some great and special shows to you coming right at you. So please stay tuned. Check us out again all during the All-Star break. We're going to bring you some great episodes. We've got some great stuff lined up for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.